Welcome to Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Pembroke campus. Good morning, everyone. It's kind of cool. Richard, you just pop this stool right here. That, no, whoever did, thank you, because actually I was thinking this morning, I want to I wanna sit down. So, welcome. You guys are comfortable, why can't I be? Good morning. If you guys have your Bibles, I, I want to encourage you, just grab them and turn to the book of 1 John. 1 John chapter 4. I'm actually going to read a lot more than what will be up on the screen, so if you don't have your Bibles, grab your phone and download the Version app real quick, and you can read along. Um, in 1 John chapter 4, beginning with verse 7, God's Word says this, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. Oftentimes, we, we can say we, we, we love I don't know, our shampoo or our carpet cleaner. We love our car. We love the house that we live in. But I think that love is a different kind of love than what's being addressed here in this passage. I think some may agree. It's a different kind of love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. Jesus, Jesus, born As a man, born into humanity, Jesus, who is also God. God the Father, Jesus the Son, the Holy Spirit, the Trinity. Three, separate but equal and not separate because they are unified. The Trinity, three in one. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, was made known to us was brought to reality to us that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. Live. Not just live the life that maybe you've lived in the past. Not just just live the life like, yeah, well, man, I'm living the dream. Not just live the life like, Leonardo DiCaprio on the front of the Titanic, but I'm king of the world. But to truly live, to to live your life in such a way that there's just an abundant hope. I caught myself because I almost said an abundant joy. There will be times of joy in your life, but there will also be times of heartache, times of struggle, hardships. But abundant hope That's something we all need. 
because there will be times of hardship in your life. And yet even through that, when you know that you have abundant hope, you can have abundant life. You can have abundant life because he has given it to you. He has filled you with his spirit. He has made himself known to us. And because of that, we can go on each day because of his love made manifest to us. In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation that means the substitute. That means the, the um, replacement to be the propitiation of our sins or for our sins. Jesus died on the cross because we're full of sin. We're born into sin. There's a sin nature within all of us. And because of that, we were separated from God. We were apart from God. But because of Jesus, because of his, his work in our life, we can be joined back together with the Father. We can be unified with God. Beloved, if God so loves us, we also ought to love one another. I'm going to skip down a little bit. I'll tell you the verse when I find it. Verse 17. By this is love perfected with us. What is love perfected? It says by this, so it means that He's talking about something prior to that. Verse 16. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love and whoever abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. It's almost like a Dr. Seuss tongue twister there, but whoever abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. Whoever truly lives out love lives in God and God lives in him. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he does not know, he does not love his brother whom he cannot see. Who he, ha- who he has seen cannot love God, whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him. Whoever loves God also must love his brother. We love because he loved... Thanks, Jody. I got a mute button. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God, whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him. Whoever loves God must also love his brother. 
Here at Grace Capital Church, we truly want to be a family. We truly want to be unified. We want to be one in his spirit. Oftentimes, things happen in people's lives. And, I don't know, we we live out a false sense of community. Because we, we read something that someone's going through and yeah, maybe we click like on Facebook or we, you know, praying in the comment. I would say that we've failed because we've followed the culture and what society, what the world around us has shown us as community. We, we failed because we don't go to people anymore. We don't sit and talk with people anymore. We've disconnected, even though we feel like we're so connected. I have like one billion friends. But we don't spend time with those people. We don't pour deeply, pour deeply our lives into other people. We've failed because we've bought the lie that the world has sold us, that you're doing community if you've got lots of friends on Facebook. You're doing community if you know all the stuff that people are doing, or at least, you know, the, the life that everyone wants to think they're living. I'm going to put my best life on Facebook so that everyone can know, man, this, man, you just live an incredible life. Let's not talk about hard times. Let's not talk about hardships. No, let's not talk about struggles. So we just put, we present, we project our best life and we throw it out there. We're no better than the world in how we live out community. If we rely on Facebook as our community. I want to ask a question for you. Kind of a guiding question for this morning. When was the last time that you read a post on Facebook where someone shared a struggle and you stopped what you're doing and you picked up the phone to call that person. Or even better, you dropped everything and you got in your car and you drove to that person to be with them. That's, that's life together. That's community. That's when we truly are better together. Sit face to face and do life with others. Help them through their struggles and their hardships. Celebrate the joys, too. We were at a wedding yesterday. It was a lot of fun. There was a lot of laughter. There were tears. It was beautiful. You can't experience that kind of thing through watching a video clip on Facebook. We can't do, we can't do community the way the world does community. We can't do community the way the world does community. Turn to someone beside you and say, I I can't do community the way I've been taught by the world. I invite you to do that now. We as believers, we as believers, as followers of Christ, as ones who have been redeemed by God, should be the best at living out what true community looks like. Why? Why? Why do I think that? Why do, why do I say that? 
Well, because it's written all through Scripture. It's written all through the Bible, through God's Word. It's His, it's his directive to us that we would know who He is because of the love that He has for us, and we would live that life out, loving others because we've first been loved. How we treat others should be a gauge on our spiritual health. Think about that for a minute. How's your spiritual health? How we treat others, how we do community, how we love one another is a gauge, a meter, a monitor on the level of our spiritual health. How's your spiritual health? How's your walk with God when you measure it, when you measure it through how you do community? Now, this isn't unique. This isn't new to the world because Mark Zuckerberg made some social network. This is an age-old issue. Relationships take work. I believe that's why God speaks on the issue of one another's over and over and over again throughout Scripture. Because we get it wrong all the time. Because we are messed up. Because we're broken. And unfortunately, because of our brokenness, we live out the way we love others through that brokenness. We need Him in our lives. We need the fullness of the Holy Spirit within us. We need his leadership. We need his guidance. We need to know his word and what it says about how we interact with others. We love because he first loved us. We love because he first loved us. We need to get that order straight. You didn't wake up one day and all of a sudden just say, I love God, and that made him love you. He has always loved you. There's a verse in Scripture that says, even before you were formed, he he knit you together in your mother's womb. He knew you, and he loved you even then. Long before you had the cognitive ability to, to, to realize any feeling or emotion or experience of love for him, we love because he first loved us. This passage within 1 John 4, 19 through 21, talks about loving a brother or hating a brother. Talks about the relationship back and forth with others. Commandment. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. That's a commandment. That's, that's, those are like hand of God Love your brother. Love and love back. Experience love, but also give love. Receive, but also pour out. And pour out overflowing. Pour out with abundance. There are two types of people in our lives. Those who drain us and those who energize us. The people that energize us are the ones, man, I want to be around them all the time because I like the way I feel when I'm with those people. I like the way that, oh God, man, I, I, want, to, I want to be with Billy again because when I'm with Billy, we, we laugh and we have fun and, and we, we do stupid stuff, but we do stupid stuff together. 
I like the way I feel when I do stupid stuff. Anyone else be honest to just say, I like the way I feel when I do stupid stuff. I know you do. I see your Facebook posts. So, (laughs) Boom. So, but most of us would choose to be around people who energize us because they're easy to be around. There's no work involved in, in being part of those relationships. They're just easy people to be with. But there are also those people in our lives who drain us. The ones who it takes a lot of work on our behalf to spend time with, to do life with. It'd be way easier just to avoid them, to run away, to not answer the calls, to ignore the text messages. But that isn't real love. That isn't real love. If we say all people matter, all people matter, It means all people, this is originally translated from the Greek, all people matter. All of them. It means that we do the hard work of investing in people who do pull the life from you. We need to be willing and available to be with those people to care for those people, to reach out and spend time with them. It may mean some sleepless nights. It may mean you call in from work one day and say, I'm sorry, but there's a brother who's going through a real hard time and I need to spend time with them. It may mean that you don't come to church on a Sunday morning because you're pouring your life into someone. Now let me... Just speak to that for a moment. That's not your, that's not your go-to excuse. I didn't go because, you know, I was laying in bed praying and dreaming about who I might help. That's not the go-to excuse. We need to be able to look at all people, all people, through the filter of Ephesians chapter 4. If you've got your Bible again, Ephesians chapter 4. Find the Gospels, find Acts, find Romans, 1st, 2nd Corinthians, and then go eat popcorn. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. In the book of Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 3, I therefore, this is Paul speaking to the church at Ephesus, I therefore a prisoner for the Lord. He was locked up at this time. He couldn't even be with those he wanted to be with. I therefore a prisoner for the Lord urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. Do you know that each of you have been, each of you have a calling for which you've been called? With all humility and gentleness, with patience, Bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Bearing with one another in love. That sounds like, that sounds like a long time ago, there were people that existed that drained other people. Otherwise, they wouldn't throw that in there. Because again, the people who energize you, the people that you feel good when you're around there really wouldn't be the need to write, bear with one another in love. What, what does that mean? What does it mean, what does it look like to bear 
with something. I, I think of the expression, grin and bear it. Just grin and bear it. You know, when, when you're at the dentist's office, that foolish place, and you're sitting in, I'm sorry, dental hygienists, forgive me. When you're, when you're sitting in that chair, and you got the hose in your mouth here, and the metal grinding and scraping, and sometimes the and the drool. Just add a little suction there and clean it up for you. That bright light that's just like that right there, this just, it's always right in your eyes. Let me adjust that. They gave me sunglasses one time when I was in there. Like, just turn the stupid light off. And the whole time through that experience, the hygienist is there. So, how are the kids? School started up, right? They want to have a conversation with you. And they, sometimes they, like, they pause. They're waiting for the response. Like, stupid. That's a grin and bear it moment. That's where you're just laying there blinded and drooling and just like... Just grin and bear it. Can we see that when we bear with one another in love, it means that we respond differently because of his spirit within us? Can we see, I'm going to ask that question again, can we see that when we bear with one another in love, it means we respond differently because his spirit is in us? We don't respond out of the flesh. We don't brush people aside. We don't make them feel worthless. Love covers over. Love covers, which means when people around, some of you have been part of Life Group in the past. You know those people. The people that show up at your door and in the back of your mind you're saying, here we go again. If you've never thought that, Maybe you're that person. (laughs) There's another expression that I want to speak into here. There's grin and bear it. There's also the expression and the expression that love covers. The expression is you can run, but you can't hide. Because all too often there are those who know that they're a drain on others. They try to be different and they fail. They go to the the groups, they go to meetings, they go to their workplace, they go to the coffee shop, and they try and engage in conversation. But they're always just that awkward person, and no matter how they try and be different, like, now someone will like me, I'll put on a shiny shirt. No matter how they try and be different, they're still that awkward person. And they've given up on trying to do life with others. I'd love for us to be the church that can say, you can run, but you can't hide. I'd love to be the church 
where we would echo, even this morning in our journaling, from the book of Ezekiel, verse 30, or chapter 34, verse 16, that talks about the heart of God. Ezekiel 34, 16, that says, I will seek the lost and I will bring back this, I will bring back the strayed. And I will bind up the injured and I will strengthen the weak. I'd love for us to be the church that would live out, you can run but you can't hide. That we would go after people everywhere who maybe have been around in the past but felt for one reason or another outcast. And because they felt outcast, they just eventually drifted away. What if we'd be the church that would go after the drifters? You can run, but you can't hide. That we would be the people so well living out the idea that all people matter. That all people truly feel like they matter. Because they do. All people can connect. All people can experience what, what life is like when they're surrounded by others. They, they just, they know because God first loved them, they can love me. And they themselves can experience God's love. All people can experience what it's like first to be loved by God, second to be loved by many others. There's a quote in Jerry, Cook, uh, Jerry Cook's book. If you're not familiar with Jerry Cook, he was a four-square pastor. He passed away about a year ago. Wrote a book called Love, Acceptance, and Forgiveness. And in his book, he wrote a simple little phrase. I love you, and there's nothing you can do about it. What if we could truly live that? I love you, and there's nothing you can do about it. I've got a friend who's a big screw-up. Literally. And he would be the first one to stand up here and tell you, I'm a big screw-up. And every once in a while, he'll send me a text, or I'll get a phone call, or we'll talk. And he just shares another one of his screw-ups. I, I love when he'll send me something through a text. And I just respond. I love you, and there's nothing you can do about it. We all need people in our lives who would say that. I love you and there's nothing you can do about it. Because that's so different than what society says. I love you, but I don't have to like you. I love you, but I don't have to like you. What does that even mean? I've heard, I've heard husbands and wives have conversations back and forth with each other where they say that. I love you. I'm married to you, but I don't have to like you. Husbands and wives, just a little marital counseling right now. Remove that phrase from your vocabulary. Tyler Edwards wrote this, and I think it'll be on the screen. Unlovely people are unlovely for a reason. It's not because they're unlovable, but because they're unloved. 
That's powerful. Unlovely people are unlovely for a reason. It's not because they're unlovable, but because they're unloved. What if we, what if we could be that people who love those who feel unlovely? What if we could redeem? What if we could do the work that Jesus has called us to do and redeem the unloved through love? I believe we can change that. What if we all could acknowledge that it's when we were unlovely that God loved us? Because all around the room, all around the room are a people that at one time were unlovely. But God has made you lovely because you have been loved. Book of John, chapter 13, verse 34. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. I love that they're commandments. I love their commandments because, because it means that I can open up my Bible and stand before you boldly, boldly, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. It's a commandment that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. Do it. Commands aren't, if you please. Commands are directives. Directives from the heart of the Father. If you go back into 1 John 4, 19 through 21, it talks about being a brother. And so the first question we need to ask is, who is our brother? He's not talking about a biological brother or sister. He's talking about the family of God. And he begins to unfold how we're to look different than the world in the way that we love and care for one another. There were people who didn't fully understand what Jesus was talking about. There were people that were confused. Jesus was speaking to the crowd, and they, they thought he was speaking about his actual mother and, and brothers. Jesus gives us an explanation to this in, in the book of Matthew, chapter 12, verses 46 through 50. While he was still speaking to the people, behold, his mother and his brothers stood outside asking to speak to him. But he replied to the man who told him, Who is my mother? And who are my brothers? And stretching out his hand towards the disciples, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. We're going to be launching into life groups the month of October. We're going to be launching into life groups. And our desire here at Grace Capital Church is that all life flows through life group. You don't look to other things 
all the peripherals. You don't look to other ministries for fulfillment. All life flows through life group, which means you get connected into a group where you can spend time with people, have conversations, eat a meal, eat lots of meals, go to the movies, play board games, take vacations together. I don't know, wouldn't that be crazy? Wouldn't that be crazy if, if the people that were in your life group just all wanted to get together and do stuff together outside of like, well, we meet Tuesday night at 6.30, but dear God, let them be gone by 8.30. Wouldn't it be crazy if we could do life with others in such a way that we loved one another so much that those who energize and those who drain all come together and they're loved, they're poured into. And it didn't just happen that one night of the week where you're told to meet, but it happened all the time. You were regularly on the phone talking with people from your group because all life flows through life group. You were spending time with them. You were planning other events and activities that you could do together. You didn't have to wait for an announcement about guys getting together to shoot stuff on a Saturday to go shoot stuff. You just reach out to a couple guys in your life group and say, let's go shoot stuff. And you know what? Hey, women, come on along because we're sick of hearing you complain. We're going to be starting life groups in the next few weeks. And our hope is that everyone will join a group. Why? Not because we've got a quota that we want to match. We, we don't want to just, you know, I, I, I don't want us to just say, we've got a goal of 80%, and yay, we met a goal of 80%. It's not about the goal. It's not about the numbers. It's about the lives of people connecting with others and experiencing true life through the love of Jesus. That's why we want people to come together. That's why we want life groups to happen. Because we need to be in each other's lives. But to do that, we need to set an expectation right on the start. Anyone that walks through the doorway of your home, if you're a host, anyone who's met by a leader, anyone who interacts with anyone else that's part of that group, here's the expectation. You should know You should be able to walk through that door and trust that this will happen. That you'll be loved and you'll be cared for. Not because we have to, but because we realize that we're all part of God's family. And it's calling us to live in community. In community with believers who care for one another. Not only community in with other believers but community with those who maybe are on the outside right now who still feel loved, accepted, and forgiven, who still feel cared for. This isn't just about a group of people gathering to do a Bible study. This is about a group of people who are following the Holy Spirit and choosing to be brothers and sisters and mothers and fathers together with one another who will act like a family Do you know that when you act like a family, sometimes there's dysfunction? (laughs) 
Do you know that in the midst of that dysfunctional family, you can learn how to love even more? Because you can run, but you can't hide. And I love you and there's nothing you can do about it. I know there are some right here in this room who right now are saying, been there, done that. Been there, done that. But maybe you haven't been here and done this. Because I, I truly believe that God is speaking out saying, Behold, I am about to do a new thing. It's preparing right now, bubbling under the surface, and it's ready to burst forth. Do it. Get involved. Get into a life group. We're going to be talking about it for the next few weeks. The first week of October is our launch for life groups. I'm asking that each of you will pray. I'm asking that each of you will pray and seek God's heart for where you would land. And when I say where you would land, what, what life group you would join, what group you would be a part of. I'm asking that some of you even right now would pray about being leaders in host homes. There are 22, 22 that are representative of the Pembroke campus right now, 22 life groups that will begin we want 36, 36. I think she had a different number, but she loves me and she just, yeah, go with it. 36 would be great. There's a need, there's a need for leaders. There's a need for host homes. Places where people can come and truly feel loved, accepted, and forgiven. Where real community Real community comes together. Relationships are birthed and fostered and increased where they're encouraged. Each person is encouraged to experience love, acceptance, and forgiveness. Where each person grows into the person that God has originally created them to be. We do the hard work together of brushing some dust off of some. God is the one who will take each of you as these unrefined gems and polish you and bring you to a point where, like, look at this. This is my son. This is my daughter. They're beautiful. That's community. That's true community. I think we're going to have a kumbaya moment here. I'm not stopping what the Spirit wants to do. Could we, could we be so bold as to grab a sweaty hand beside someone else and not worry about the sweat, not worry about the mess, but understand that, that as a church, as a body of believers, as a community of people who have been loved by God first and can love one another because of His love. Can we not be afraid to get involved in people's lives? 
spend time with them and care for them deeply. Father, I pray that what you've just done here, God, would be representative of what you're doing in each person's heart. And Lord, through this fall, as we launch into life groups, God, Lord, I'm not praying for the success of life groups so that we can say, yes, we have successful life groups. I'm praying for the success of life groups so that we can say, yes, we are a healthy body where people do life together. Make it so, Jesus. Make it so. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church Podcast. If you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England, or if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com.